0: welcome you this morning as we come together and we we really want to celebrate the life of sharon gemmender don't we and i want to uh just want to thank you what a, what an honor this is for this family we love the Gommenders and Slaggles, and we just uh, thank god for you guys we thank god for sharon sharon was an incredible part of our church for 50 years now that's uh, that's something you don't see in our modern world is it 50 years and uh i just uh, this has been a hard week for all of us. I know for your family, this has been the hardest of weeks. Uh, but uh, I just want you guys to know that we love you guys. We care about you. We, we loved your mom. We loved your grandma. And uh, she's just an incredible lady. She, uh, she answered the phones in that office down the hall here for, had to be more than 15 years. And, you know, when you come into, into the office every day and she's there... And she's there, and she's always there. Um, I know we've been in pandemic, and things haven't been right for the last nine months. But I'll tell you what, we miss her already. We miss her. She's a dear, dear saint of God. But we're going to celebrate, because when, when, you're, when one thing you know about the Gemenders is there's a lot of laughter with the Gemenders. There's a lot of smiling, and uh, Sharon carried that legacy on. And so today, uh, I just want us to, just to celebrate, because... She has, she has gained eternal glory, that which we live for. Amen? This is why we do what we do here. So let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then, uh, then Brian and Audra are going to start with a, a song this morning. Father God, we come before you, Lord, and I thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you've done. Lord, I thank you for sharing Gamender, Lord, a life well lived. Uh, a life that has been honoring to God, a life that is a shining light. It's an example for all of us. And so, God, as we come together, Lord, with these hearts that are heavy, with hearts that are overwhelmed, we know that you are the healer of the broken heart. You are the one who mends brokenness. You are the one who puts this back together. God, we thank you for sharing. And I ask now, Lord, for all of us as we come together as a church family, as a community, And we grieve together, Lord. We ask that uh, you'll be with us. In your precious name we pray. Amen.
1: Good morning. We'd like to thank everybody for coming out to celebrate our mom. And if you know the words to this song, please sing along. There is coming a day When no heartache shall come No more clouds in the sky And no more tears to dim the eye There is peace forevermore On that happy golden shore What a day, glorious day that will be What a day that will be When my Jesus I shall see
2: We're going to sing a couple songs today, some of her favorite hymns, and I'd like you to join with us. We're going to be doing a couple now and a couple throughout the service, but please sing out in honor of Sharon this morning.
3: and I and our families would like to thank everyone for being here today to celebrate my mom. Um, we are not mourning her death because we know where she is. I'm not wearing black because I'm in mourning. I'm wearing black because I found this in my mom's closet for me with tags on. <laughs> so thank you, mom. <laughs> it was my size. <laughs> so I just wanted to share a few thoughts about my sweet mom. Um, Many of you already know my parents' testimony, so I'll just summarize it. It was good girl meets bad boy. Uh, Her parents did not like him. He was a drinker and a partier, so um, that didn't go over well. Uh, They did end up, um, they were high school sweethearts. They eloped, got pregnant, had me. So um, throughout their first years of marriage, it was... uh, It was ups and downs, roller coasters. Um, They separated a few times. Um, I just learned from my mom at one of our chemo sessions that my dad, she was pushing me in a stroller down in Millville, where they lived, and he jumped out of his car, and he grabbed me out of the stroller, and took me in the car, and drove away. Um, So basically, my dad kidnapped me. And I didn't know this until just, just recently, And um, so she had to call the police, and they had to... She goes, I knew he probably went to his mom's house, so we went with the police to to his mom's house, and we got you back. But um, they did have, I don't know, (laughs) quite a few years of that. um, So uh, they decided that they weren't going to give it one more try, their marriage. So they decided to move from the North Hills of Millville to the South Hills. So they ended up in all places Finleyville because they had bought a trailer and Finleyville just opened up a new trailer park. South Hills Mobile Estates was brand new. So they moved their trailer out here. My, Their parents just thought they moved to the end of the world because people from North Hills don't usually come to the South Hills. So um, I was about four or five uh, when we moved here and my mom worked for Bell Telephone and she never drove so she would commute from the bus downtown to Bell Telephone and um, back. My, she did night shift, and my dad, of course, was a roofer and did day shift. So even, um, it was rough for a little bit when we first moved out here, but he, they, he did get away from the evils of Millville because he just couldn't be there. And um, before you know it, a knock came on our door, and it was Pastor John Arnold who started this church. And he was relentless. He came week after week after week knocking on our door. My parents really didn't want to hear anything about that. So they finally relented to send me on a bus to church when I was four or five years old, which is totally absurd these days. But there was some other older neighborhood kids, so they thought it was okay. Well, they'll look after her. So let's just get this guy off our back and let's just just send her. So, of course, I came back excited about Sunday school. Well, long story short, they ended up um, attending church, which we were in the little church down in the library at the time. And from what both of my parents told me, um, it was a Palm Sunday, and Pastor Arnold gave his message about the Lamb's Book of Life. So he ended um, the sermon, Is Your Name Written in the Lamb's Book of Life? And they told me that they both looked at each other, and they ran down the aisle. So that was the day they came to know the Lord, and that was the day that our Christian foundation started in our home, which I am so very thankful for. Um, I'm not saying he changed overnight, because there were still some rough times along the way, but God did a great work in my dad's life, in my mom's life, and um, so that's how that went. But um, she worked... um, Outside the home, usually, after Bell Telephone closed, she worked at Hills, and she worked at Ames, and I think she took a little time off in between there. But when my dad passed away, my dad gave his life to this church. He worked here for, I don't know, 30, 40, I don't know, a long time. <laughs> this was like um, my and Brian's playground here on Saturdays. We were up here all the time playing hide-and-seek with the Arnolds, and it just this was, this was our home. And after my dad passed and my mom, I was talking to Al Finney last night. We were trying to figure out how many years my mom had been up here answering the phone. And he said, I don't think it was very long after your dad passed away that your mom decided she wanted to be up here to volunteer to answer the phone. And I think that that made her feel close to my dad in some way, being up here because this was his life. And, um, but then it ended up being her life also. So... That was awesome that um, she just found her home here answering the phones and doing whatever they needed her to do. Um, my mom was, I like to call her the silent rock in our family because my dad was always the center of attention anywhere we went. Anyone who knew him knew how loud and obnoxious he could get. So my mom was always, you know, sitting back, just letting him do his thing. But um, she also had a sense of humor. <laughs> Uh, People didn't know that because she didn't talk very much. But she was also very humorous. And we just had a wonderful childhood of laughter and love. She was always known as Ron's wife. Or later on as Michelle's mom or Brian's mom. But um, she never cared about that. She never wanted to be in the spotlight. Um, The only thing I know, that she was a praying mom. And she was a sacrificing mom. And she loved... God and her family with her whole heart. Um, growing up, we didn't have a lot of money. Of course, because my dad worked here. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't know that. We, I was talking to Brian the other day. Like, we didn't even know we didn't have money because my parents sacrificed so much. If we wanted anything, we got it. I mean, we were both very spoiled children. I don't know how they did it. God always provided, though, and it's, it was crazy. Um, we had some we always went on vacation. We either went to an amusement park or we went to the beach. Um, one beach vacation in particular, I remember this is so weird, but they rented a bedroom in a house a few blocks from a beach, and I believe there was two beds in the room and a closet so it wasn 't even like a hotel room because you didn 't have a bathroom in there so We spent a week in this one bedroom with a closet where we would change our clothes in the closet. And if you know my dad, that was not a good thing, but he's always trying to, like, open the door when you're trying to change your clothes. I mean, I'm, like, a teenager at this point. Like, it's not funny. (laughs) So we shared a bathroom, which was down a hallway, with strangers in this house. (laughs) I I don't know, man. I don't know where they found this. But you know what? We had the best time we had so much fun it it was my parents were awesome (laughs) my mom was never a complainer ever 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 I I never really hear her heard her complain very much at all so when we started this um, cancer journey um, she fell and broke her hip and then had the hip surgery and she came through that wonderful but during that time they found that she had uterine cancer so after the hip recovered we decided you know we decided to deal with that If you knew my mom, she never went to a doctor. So we would have never found the cancer if she wouldn't have broke her hip. So that was all part of God's plan. Um, She decided to do treatment, and we totally left that up to her. That was her decision. So she went through chemo and radiation like a champ. I mean, this chemo didn't make her lose her hair. She was perfectly, I mean, she was nauseated a few times, but that was about it. She, was, she went through it awesome. So then she had her hysterectomy. Everything was good. But then they found that um, her cancer had went from a stage 2 to a stage 3 because they didn't know it was in the, her fallopian tubes. So they said, you know, we're recommending some more chemo. Well, she agreed, and um, she had two rounds of that chemo, which made her lose her hair, and... She wouldn't shave her head. I tried to get her to do it, but she wouldn't. And she had this, she's going to kill me, but she had this little piece of hair that stuck up in the middle of her head. And the one day I said, Mom, just let me shave this. Let me shave that. She goes, No. She pulled it up. She goes, I'm going to paint myself green and I'm going to be the Grinch. (laughs) And she was planning on coming. She had said that before. Um, That was after my mother-in-law just passed away and I said, if you come to the funeral, please don't come green, please. (laughs) Um, So uh, going through her treatments with her was um, an awesome thing that I got to do. I always have these memories of sitting there with her for hours, just talking. Um, She told me when she first started her treatments that she wanted to stay around until my granddaughter, Kelly, was born. And she got to spend four months getting to know Kelly. So that was, that was great. She spent so much time um, with my kids, all of her grandkids, Brian's kids. Um, she was the most awesome grandma you could ever imagine. And um, Gigi to my great grandkids. They loved her so much. And I'm so thankful that they got to know her. So, like I said, she'd never complained. Um, there was one treatment in particular that I remember. Um, the nurse came in and she put an IV, and it wasn't a nurse that we normally had. And she put this IV in her, and she couldn't get a blood return. So if any of you know, I mean, you, you don't put an IV in and not get a blood return. I mean, you just, that's not in. <laughs> I was trying to zip my lip, but they started some IV fluids on her, and I saw her hand and her arm starting to swell up. So I went and got the nurse. I'm like, "Listen, get this out of her right now. This is not in a vein." Do you know my mom wouldn't say a word. (laughs) She just she just sat there and watched her arm swell up. And and the nurse came in and they you know they redid it and got it in good and. she she left the room and my mom said, I'm so glad you were here because that was really starting to hurt. (laughs) Uh, But um, her kindness is something that I've heard so many people say to me through this last week. Everybody that came into the funeral home, it was her kindness, her kindness. She was so kind. She was so sweet. And that's really her legacy she loved everybody she could find the positive in any situation ever and um danny arnold sent me a text the other day and he said he was sorry and he said what i remember most about your mom was her kindness and that just struck me because it's just been a chord through the whole through this whole week that um everybody remembers that about her um, she wore many hats. She she was wife. Um, she served my dad like I've never seen, and I don't do with my husband. <laughs> she, I mean, he would sit there, and she would just bring his dinner to his lap and anything he wanted. And I always said, Mom, I am not doing that when I get married. I cannot. That, this is ridiculous. He can get up and get his own drink. I mean. But she did, and she didn't complain. She loved it. Um, I, I had my dad's Bible, one of his Bibles, and there was a verse, uh, Proverbs twelve four, which said, A worthy wife is her husband's joy and crown. Well, he had that verse underlined in the Bible, and he circled the word joy, and he wrote Sharon above it. So um, that was awesome to find in his Bible, and just a testimony to um, what a wonderful wife she was. Um, Proverbs 31 woman we talked about that at my mother-in-law's funeral and I am so thankful that I had two great women in my life that were a Proverbs 31 woman my mother-in-law was and my mom was and um, I don't think she'll care if I say this but my mom wasn't the best cook (laughs) Compared to my mother-in-law. My mother-in-law was the best cook ever. She was very intimidating when I first got married, and she taught me so much about cooking. Uh, my mom could cook some things, but just not to the extent that my mother-in-law was. There was just no comparison there. But my mom made every meal with love, whether it was a frozen dinner, or chicken a la king, or city chicken, which Brian likes. Um, but I remember making a dinner and I made instant mashed potatoes because that's what my mom did. Well, I served it to Mark and he took a bite and he's like, What is this? <laughs> I said, What? It's mashed potatoes. He goes, No, this is not mashed potatoes. I don't know what it is, but please don't ever make it again. So my mother-in-law taught me how to make real mashed potatoes. My mom made them on occasion, but just special occasions like Thanksgiving or Christmas was the real mashed potatoes. But um, of course, her other hat, I said before, was uh, Grandma and Gigi, and that's, I know she prayed faithfully for all of her kids and grandkids, but um, Proverbs 31, 26 through 30 I wanted to read that real quick here. I promise I'm almost done. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children arise up, and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. And that is my mom. And I found a, I was going through some of her things, and I found a thank you note. Let me tell you, she had a a cabinet in her living room that was full of cards from like 30 years. She had so many cards, I couldn't believe it. She couldn't throw anything away. But I found this card in there, and... It said, thank you for always being in my corner when no one else was with your love and support. Thank you for being a good wife and companion to my dad. Thank you for my childhood memories and Christian foundation. Thank you for being an example of what a Christian woman should be. Thank you for being an awesome grandma for my kids. But most of all, thank you for being my friend as well as the best mom ever. I love you, Michelle. And I thought, wow, I don't know what year I wrote this, but that was pretty good. (laughs) Laughter I was like, I was just thankful that I, I told my mom these things because the past couple of weeks I probably didn't say all these things to her. I mean, I tried, but I'm glad that she knew along the way that that's how I felt. Um, my mom feared the Lord and she taught her family to do the same. I was so thankful that when actually we were in Ohio after my mother in law passed and we were. The kids were sitting around planning my mother-in-law's funeral, and I got the phone call from my mom's oncologist telling me about the CT results that she had had because she went for her third chemo, and they didn't want to do it because she found a little nodule in her belly, and they wanted to check that out. So um, she called me while I was over there, and she said, Michelle, um, the CT scan wasn't very good. She said, the nodule that your mom found was cancerous, And she said, I can't believe that it spread while she was on that strong chemo. She said, "Um, they also found some spots on her liver. She said, now we can try more chemo, but all that's going to do is prolong, just stop this cancer from growing. It's not going to cure it. So I said, okay, um, let me talk to my mom when I get home, and we'll discuss it. And then we set up like a... FaceTime call with the doctor for that following Friday so I did talk to my mom about it and she said well if it's not gonna cure me there's no point to it she said "Um, I'm in God's hands and that was what she said all the time don't I started crying she hugged me and she was comforting me And she said, Michelle, I'm in God's hands. Don't worry about it. Don't, I mean, she said, I'm not worried. I know where I'm going. So when she decided no more treatment, we had the phone call with the doctor and told her. And she said, honestly, I think that's the best decision you could have made. So she decided to, um, the doctor recommended hospice, which if you decide for no treatment, that's normally the next step. So we um, did the hospice. And thankfully, I was able to take a leave of absence from work and we kept her at home and I was able to take care of her with Brian and Audra's help and all my kids. And um, it was a great time that we got to be with her. Uh, Brian and Audra and myself and Brittany were with my mom when she took her last breath, as I was with my dad, which I'm so thankful that I got to meet with both of my parents when they took their last breath and stepped into eternity. Um, I wish I could have been there to see my mom meet Jesus, and then I'm sure my dad was right behind him. <laughs> um, if there is dancing in heaven, I know that's what they're doing right now because they love to dance. <laughs> so um, there's no doubt in my mind that when my mother-in-law and my mother got to heaven... That God said, thou good and faithful servant, thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. So my assurance of seeing her again is strong. I know I'm going to see her again. That's why I can be happy today because she's so much better off than we are right now. And that's what we all strive for. Until I see her again, I will strive to be like her because I fall very short. And I'm not a hashtag person. (laughs) I've never wrote a hashtag in my life. (laughs) But my hashtag now, hashtag goals to be like my mom thank you so much for being here we so appreciate you audra wants to say a few words
4: well michelle said everything so perfectly you know um, i have to stand here and over the past um you know, week or so, have come to realize how jealous I am of so many of you. You got to spend so much more time with my mother-in-law than I got to. I've uh, had her for 10 years, uh, but in that 10 years, man, she's really made an impact on me and my kids. Um, You know, the words patient, kind, and never having a bad word about anybody, although some of you deserve that, she never did it. So some of me. But um, she, she just never had a bad word to say about anybody. Um, so to just make it very brief, the one thing I really felt the Lord telling me to, to say today was, um, you know, she was, she was always praying. And um, as I had gone through my battle with cancer, she was so, so many phone calls and text messages I would get from her that she was praying for me. Um, And it meant so much to know that. Um, The one thing that we would hear from her very often was that she wanted to make sure that um, all of her grandchildren would come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior. And she was really hoping to see that before she passed on. So I guess um, for anybody who's watching this or here listening to this today, she would just want to know that uh, she would have the opportunity to see you again. So if you are not sure that you have accepted Christ as your Savior and see him when you pass and her as well, please make sure you seek someone out to, to know how to do that because she would really want to see you again. So I hope you will enjoy now some videos of family and friends' memories with us because we're going to watch some really happy times.
5: a city called Long,
6: so bright and so fair. Through it all, God's been good. Times replay, and I can see that I've cried some bitter tears, but I felt His arms around me as I faced my greatest fears. You see, I've had more gains than losses, and I've known more joy than hurt as His grace rolled down upon me, undeserved. For God's been good in my life. I feel blessed beyond my wildest dreams. When I go to sleep each night And though I've had my share of hard times I wouldn't change them if I could Cause through it all God's been good For God has been my Father My Savior and my Friend His love was my beginning, and His love will be my end. I could spend forever trying to tell you everything He is. But the best way that I can say it is this. God's been good In my life I feel so blessed beyond my wildest dreams When I go to sleep each night And though I've had my share of hard times I wouldn't change them if I could Cause through it all God's big.
5: the sun, where to stand in the morning, and who told the ocean, you can only come this far.
0: powerful memories there, huh? I know as, uh, as we all watch those memories, a lot, of, a lot of emotions came back there, didn't they? A lot of good memories, a lot of good times. And as I think of, uh, think of Sharon Gammander, that's what I'm reminded of, is the good times. I'm reminded of the life that was changed by God. And Michelle, as you gave their story, how that 50 years ago, Pastor John relentlessly knocking on their door. I challenged our staff last, this past week after your mom passed. I said, who's going to be the next person to go down to the trailer park? Who's going to be the next person to go to our neighbor and, and find, find the life that will be transformed by Christ and will be here 50 years after I'm gone? Who's going to be here for the next generation, folks? That's, that is what Sharon Gomender lived for. Sharon Gomender was transformed by God Oh, she wasn't perfect. There are none of us that are perfect. But I'll tell you what, her and Ronnie lived a life well for God. And, and, and after Ronnie passed, I, I'm sure that was hard. And I know her heart was broken. She thought of him. She loved for us to talk about Ronnie. We would. Uh, I remember Jim Watts asked her one day, Is it okay if we talk? And she said, Please, I love to hear about Ronnie. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things about Ronnie around this church, mostly duct tape. You know, it's holding the whole church together. If we're going to uncover the wall, you'll find a piece of duct tape. But uh, I, I told Sharon, one of my last words that I got to have with Sharon was, you know, Sharon, Ronnie got all the credit, he got all the glory, but she was really the engine behind it all, wasn't she? She was the stabilizing factor in your home. She was the uh, the, the the godly mother. And when you think about this, that here was a lady that that uh, that came in and and uh, and had moved into the community and came to Christ. And think about that 50 years ago. She was in her 20s. And, and how exciting it was because church wasn't part of their life. They didn't do any of that. And, and then all of a sudden, God got a hold of them. And I want to encourage us all today to, uh, to pick up the legacy of Sharon Gamender, to, uh, to continue to be faithful. You know, faithfulness is a, is a forgotten word today. When I think of Sharon Gamender, those are the two words I think of is faithful and kind. You won't find a kinder person. You won't find a person that was a better person than Sharon Gomander, I'll tell you. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 1. I was reading this, and I thought, boy, this is summarizing up Sharon gamender today. A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death is better than the day of one's birth. And, you know, in Ecclesiastes, the author of Ecclesiastes, he's writing this, and as he writes it, he's kind of like, he's a little frustrated with the cycle of life. And he, He's going through, he says, you know, there's a time to be born, a time to die, there's a time to laugh, and a time to cry. And so he comes to this, he says, a good name is better than, than, than great, great wealth. And that's what Sharon had. She had a good name, didn't she? Proverbs 22.1 says, a good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, loving favor rather than silver or gold. A good name. And I was just thinking as I was uh, preparing for today, I was thinking, you know, what is the good name of Sharon Gamender? The good name of Sharon Gamender was that she was a faithful woman of God. She loved the Lord. Faithful woman. She, she taught children's ministry in this church for years. You know, I think it was just a few years ago that she stopped. She was, she was going all the way up on Wednesday nights still, helping out downstairs on Wednesday nights till about two or three years ago. It wasn't very long ago. She helped in our preschool for years. After Ronnie passed, she came in and, and uh, sat in the office. I remember the first day she came in, we were uh, worried about the desk, because it was like, I think it was Ronnie's old desk, if I recall. And we were so worried that she would have bad memories sitting at that desk. And I think she loved sitting at that desk because it brought such closeness for her. And she, she came in, and we, I saw a lady that was grieving, but I saw a lady that walked through the shadow of grief, and she went into joy. And she was always a smiling person up there. She was always happy. She would answer that phone. And that when you think of her coming in for, for more than 15 years, it's probably closer to 17, 18 years, that she came up here and, was, and just volunteered five days a week. She would beat everybody in here. Well, as soon as Diane Mussel could get her here, I would say, right? Remember, she didn't drive. Isn't that amazing? 75 years without a license. She's proved it. You don't need it, right? She did it. Although Ronnie would disagree. (laughs) I remember Ronnie would be in the middle of something. Ronnie would be disappeared. He's like, I got to go get her from Hills. That he'd say, i got to buy ice cream on the way home. <laughs> I was bad last night. i got to get ice cream, you know. And, uh, and he, he I'll tell you what, they, they are the salt of the earth. You know, when we walk through the Beatitudes and, and it says that, you know, the salt of the earth, that's, that's, that's these people. You guys are the salt of the earth. And, and Sharon was the salt of the earth. Um, one day, she, she's invited to church. She, she ends up trusting Christ. She, she helped her husband tremendously. As Michelle said, she was overwhelming, uh, caring, good wife, the Proverbs 31 woman. Their lives were changed forever. Missions, trips, you name it. Anything that this church did, and if you live through the cycle of a church, everything is crazy, is it not, guys? You- right you were raised in the staff family you know it's nuts it's like it's high it's low it's high it's low we're trying something new we're not going to do that anymore and i'll tell you what sharon survived it and sharon survived it well and i would come into the office quite often and and sharon would pull me aside and she'd say hey i'm not supposed to know this but pray for mark and michelle I'm not supposed to know this. Pray for Brian and Audra. I'm not supposed to know this, but, you know, Allie's down at Liberty. I'm not supposed to know this. I'm not. And I was like, oh, Lord, I'm not going to tell anybody but you. Because <laughs> I'm friends with everybody. But they would tell me, and, and listen, she was a praying woman. She was a praying woman. And she would, she would get word of it. And I'll tell you what, we would have prayer with her in the office quite often, man things would be happening people's hearts would be broken she was a powerful powerful lady of the lord and you know what she was a a silent giant i remember when ronnie passed i told her that she is a matriarch and she is she was uh, she was the she carried the the gospel to the next generation she got to see the great-grandchildren she got to see so much and, and her heart's passion really was for everybody in her family to come to know, good, know God. So a good name is better than precious ointment. A good name is, is rather to be chosen than great riches. Sharon doesn't have much. But I'll tell you what, she gave everything she had. Every birthday, I get a little little card, a little something from her. I don't even remember my own birthday, folks. She did. Every Christmas, here's a widow. Come down the hall and give me a card with a gift card or something from Hills. And I'll never forget that. And I remember opening and saying, wow. Here's a lady who has nothing. Volunteering her time and never complained up here. Never said, hey, I should be a staff person. She volunteered. And, and she would always give. And I thought, you know what? That's what I want to be like when I grow up. I, I want to have those characteristics. You know what that is? And the fruit of the Spirit it says, the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, patience, gentleness, kindness. She had the fruit of the Spirit. It, was the, it wasn't something that she mustered up. It was the Spirit of God that lived in her and flowed through her. And so everywhere you want, the Spirit of God flowed through her. Sharon was, uh, was, she had a good name. And I'll tell you what, you know, you've often heard it said that there's never a U-Haul behind a hearse. You can't take any of this with us. That's a rich woman right there. You know what is rich? is this front row, the second row. This is her riches right here. And, and, and you talk about it, you know, 1 Timothy 6:7 says, We brought nothing into this world, and certainly we will carry nothing out but I'll tell you what, she has left so much behind. She has left her legacy. A good name is better than precious ointment, Ecclesiastes 7. one, And the day of death better than the day of one's birth. And I thought, well, how is the day of death better than one's birth? Boy, that's a tough statement, isn't it? The day of death is better than one's birth. Well, for a believer, it really is. If you've trusted Jesus as your personal Savior like Sharon did it is the most glorious day as a matter of fact Psalm 116 15 says precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints and so I've been thinking about that verse all week long Monday we stopped by and just had a little, little time with the family and, and, and as I got in the car and I went home I told my wife I said you know what all I can think of is precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints because it's no accident. God, God knows what's going to happen here. And God knew when she, the, the last breath would be. And God assembled their family together. And, and God loves you all so much and gave you this extra moment. And he said, listen, precious in the sight of the Lord. And so this was the moment. God says, this is a precious moment. And I'm calling Sharon home. And you know what? I saw a lady who was not afraid to die. She was the bravest lady. We always got on her because she wouldn't go to the doctor, right? We always said, Sharon, go to the doctor. I'm all right. I went to the pharmacy. The pharmacist told me what's wrong with me, right? And and, and I'll tell you what. She was braver than any of us. She walked this journey. And as she walked the journey, God said, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of my saints, the death of my faithful servants. And so as, as Sharon is in the presence of God Almighty, I just want to remind you that God says that, that when we leave this earth, if you trusted Christ, when you leave this earth, your last breath in here, you wake up in heaven. Let me read it to you, 2 Corinthians 5, verses 1 through 10. For we know that when this earthly tent... I, I love how God describes this body. It's a tent. Some of ours are bigger tents than others, but they're tents, right? For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and we leave this, leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven. Isn't that powerful? She went from a tent on earth to a home in heaven. As, a, as Jesus said, a mansion. Amen? Think about that. She went from a tent in this body to a mansion in heaven. An eternal body will be made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We grow weary in our present bodies, and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. Oh, that's so good. She is no longer this frail, broken. She's back to dancing. The mashed potato entered the golden streets, if you know what I'm saying, folks. If you knew Ron and Sharon, you knew the mashed potato, all right? They are up there. And I'm telling you, she has been given this new body. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. When we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself prepared prepared us for this. And as a guarantee, he has given us his Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. So while she was here, she was not in heaven. She was in this earthly tent. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes, we are well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And when Sharon told you that she was ready, that's what she was saying. She said, I'm ready to meet Jesus. I am ready to move out of this tent, and i 'm ready for that mansion i 'm ready for the place that God has prepared for me, and you know what we can 't understand it until God calls us, and God was working, and God was working, and God was working. He continues on verse nine, so whether we are here in this body or away from the body, our goal is to please him and I thought that 's Sharon reminder, second corinthians five nine whether we're here in this body or, or away. Our goal is to please him. You know what? When she was on Earth, she wanted to please the Lord. But she did what she could. I, you know, remember as a kid them singing in the trio, the Joyful Noise Trio. Man, they went all over the place. They were the latest and greatest, man. I mean, they was they was the they were hot before everybody was hot. You know what I mean? They was it. Like, I was proud to say the Joyful Noise Trio was from my church, you know what I'm saying? Because those people, they went out, and they were singing, and they, they served God. They were the 30-somethings going out and serving God. And whether she, whatever she could do, and then she was downstairs coming in. Her husband passed away. She's downstairs in preschool and on her knees with little kids, and, and then come up answering the phones, and she would cut papers. She'd fold the bulletins. For, you know, all those bulletins that you came to church and they were folded, they were all done by love, most of the time by love, okay? From Sharon Gommender. There's a few times like, you know, hey, we got to re- rerun that. Those times didn't have as much love, but I'll tell you what. They were, uh, the, but I, listen, she served God, and she didn't need any credit. She never needed to be on the stage. Nobody knew her name anymore. Her husband was the icon, and she said, I'm going to keep marching. I'm going to keep marching until God calls me home. One day Jesus is going to call my name. As the days go by, I hope I don't stay the same. I want to get so close to him that there's no big change on that day when Jesus calls my name. And I believe that was Sharon Gamender. I believe that she had a love affair with God. She loved him. She walked with him. She cared for you. This is a testimony today. This is this is the middle of the day in this place. There's so many people here, and we're in the middle of COVID. And so many I know a few people are joining us online. And I'll tell you what—it's a testimony to a lady who did not quit. She kept going. She kept loving her God. And all I can think of is this verse for her. I actually have got a lot of thoughts, right? But I can think of this: Second Timothy chapter four, verse seven. The Apostle Paul said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Sharon Gammender, 75 years. She fought the good fight, didn't she? She raised two wonderful children. She served in a church. She gave everything. She gave her heart and soul. They sacrificed beyond measure she finished, she crossed the finish line Tuesday morning, didn't she? She took, she's gone. And just imagine her going across that finish line. And you know, when you come across the finish line, you're tired, aren't you? It's like, you run, you, you see that runner, he's coming across and he crosses the ribbon and he just about passes out. And I want you to catch that because that's the picture of what happened Tuesday morning. She crossed the finish line and she said, ah, And she woke up and there was God. And God said, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Verse eighty continues on. He said, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not to me all, only, but to those who follow him and love him at his appearing. And so, listen, that's what happened for Sharon. And so today, I want to encourage you. She trusted Jesus Christ. Her life was trained, changed. She was transformed. And she was a, a work in progress till the day that she died. She would tell you that. Sharon would tell you, I'm nobody special. If Sharon Hearn is talking about it right now, she'd say, stop it. You know she would. She didn't like to be the center of attention, not up here. But I'll tell you that. I'll tell you right now. She trusted Jesus Christ, and your life can be changed too. And I want to challenge us pick up the legacy, to pick up the baton because as I'm looking around and I, I said this the other night with Brian and Michelle over there, I said these are my prayer warriors who's going to pray for me? Then I thought how selfish it's my turn to start praying, isn't it? It's time to stop asking who's in it, what's in it for me and it's time to ask I'm taking her place you're taking her place you're going to pray for her grandkids. And I want to ask each one in this room, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you will take the Slagels and the commanders and write their names down and begin to just pray. Because this lady prayed a lot. And they need prayer warriors now. And, uh, and, and I'm going to step in to be a part of that team. And I want to ask you to step in and be a part of that team. But, but you know what? She didn't just pray for the gameders and slaggles. She prayed for everybody. She prayed for all kind of people in this church and people in our community. She wanted people to know Jesus. And she understood the basic gospel. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. So she understood that she had sin, and her sin separated her from a holy God. She understood that the gift of God, Romans 6:26, "But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord." So he says that the gift of God and so Sharon one day opened her heart and received the gift of God. She said, yes, I'm going to trust you, Jesus. You died on the cross. You paid for my sin, and I want you as my personal Savior. She understood Romans 5.8, God demonstrated his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. She understood Romans 10.13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And she did. And that kept growing and growing and growing, and she crossed the finish line. And today I want to invite you. Maybe you're hearing, you've heard these words for many of your life, but you haven't made them personal. God says, I want you to do this today. I want you to trust me. I, I, you know, Sharon, if she could come back from heaven, which nobody goes to heaven and says, I want to come back to earth. Nobody. She's in heaven now, but if she could come back, she would tell you, listen, there's only a few things that matter. And the most important is what the Apostle Paul said, was that Jesus died on the cross that he was buried and that he rose again you see folks because jesus rose again one day she too will rise this is going to be a glorious day we're going to talk about that at the next place that we're going to the cemetery but i want to invite you to trust jesus christ i think nothing would be more honoring than to pause and and, and trust christ today and and maybe you're hearing you say ken i've trusted christ but man i haven't been part of the legacy I've been a part of the me generation. I've been part of Sidetracked. I haven't been thinking, listen, there's no better day than today than to get on. No better day than today to jump on the legacy because that's what g would tell you. That's what Gigi would tell you, right? She'd say, come on. And that's what she always, she was all about grace. She didn't hold a grudge. She had every right to hold grudges, but she didn't. She loved everybody. And I want to encourage you, she was faithful. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know what she did? She took that, that parable there. Jesus said he gave to one guy one bag of silver, another guy two bags of silver, another guy three bags of silver. He says, "When I come back, I want to see what you've done with it." He comes back, and the guy who had one, he hid it. The guy who had two, he went out and multiplied it. And the guy who had three uh, three bags went out and multiplied it. So he came back and he said, "Well done." to the servant that went out and multiplied it. Well done, now, good and faithful. They were stewards of what God gave them. But to the one, to the one that had the one bag and hid it, he said, listen, you don't understand. You've missed the boat. Let me tell you, Sharon commander. God gave her a few bags, and she multiplied it. And it's multiplied right there. And it goes down. And it goes down. And it goes down. And it goes down. And when God ended, when she entered into heaven, God said, Welcome home, thou good and faithful servant. Not only is it these few rows of people here, it's those little kids. I don't remember Mrs. Gimender from preschool. It's those little kids that she taught for years on end that are now adults and some of them are pastors, some of them are missionaries, some of them are or, or just working in churches, volunteering all over the world. Why? Because she went down there and she said, little is much in the hand of the Lord. And she put the character on the board. She put the graph up. She taught the story. And she said, God, I just want to please you with what you've given me. I want to multiply with what you've given me. And she took it and she multiplied. And only eternity will know the total multiplication. Let's bow in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed today, I want to invite you to trust Jesus. If you've not yet opened your heart and trusted Jesus as your personal Savior, I'd like to invite you to trust Him. And God says you can do that. Just begin a relationship just like Sharon did 50 years ago. If you're just... Silently in your seat, just come and, and pray and, and just ask God, say, "Dear God, I'm a sinner." Just pray something like this, to him right now. "Dear God, I'm a sinner. I'm in need of a savior. You died on a cross, Jesus. You paid for my sin. You came back to life again for me. And God, right here in the quietness of this moment, I trust you. I give you my heart, I give you my soul. If that's you here today, I want to encourage you. Would you share that with somebody? Share that with this family. They would they would love to hear. They would love to encourage you. They would love to know that today you trusted Jesus as your Savior. I say welcome to the family of God. And for others in this room, you know... This is our window of eternity. We're sitting here and we're looking out the window and we're saying so long to Sharon because we will see her again. She is in heaven. She's on the street of gold. She's with God Almighty. She has met him face to face. And now we're looking through there. One day somebody's going to stand up after we're gone. I want them to say he was kind. He was faithful. I want to enlist you today to be part of the Gomender Legacy. It was a legacy that God started. And let's pick up the torch. For you as uh, children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, let's pick up the legacy. Father God, be with each person here today as we respond to you. Thank you, Lord, for the life of Sharon Gamender, a life well-lived, good and faithful servant. Well done. In your name we pray. As we close today, we'd like to sing one of Sharon's favorite songs. I guess they asked her, which, what song? What's one of your favorite songs in the last week? She said, Love Lifted Me. We're going to sing two verses of this, and then, then we're going to proceed to the cemetery. Um, as we sing that song, Tim will come down and get us ready to uh, to make the next leg of the journey after after the cemetery we'll be having lunch in the gymnasium we want to invite everybody even if you're not going to the cemetery please join us for lunch today okay let's sing together love lifted me I was singing
2: deep